Hi, I'm Stella O'Malley, a psychotherapist in Ireland. And I'm Sasha Ayad, an adolescent therapist in the United States. Through in-depth interviews, personal stories, and psychological exploration, we probe the gender landscape within contemporary culture. And we consider the implications of prioritizing personal identity over other aspects of the self. This is the thinking person's take on gender. Join us as we look at gender from a wider lens. We're here today, Stella, to talk about the bigger picture conference in Denver in November, the 4th and 5th of November. Yeah, it's very exciting. It's very, um, it's it's a big, big deal for Genspect. So we had, uh, we had a conference in Killarney in Little Ireland in April, and it was lovely. It was a very, very heartening experience. Experts from all sorts of different uh, realms came together to talk about gender. So, you know, there was people like Helen Joyce talking about, you know, the cultural aspect. There was Maya Forstater talking about the legal. But then we had people like Michael Biggs talking about the stats and Ken Zucker. And, mm-hmm. you know, we, me and you did a lovely, a great, I thought, a great podcast. And so we're doing the very same thing, but bringing it to America. And the idea is WPATH have long had this idea of no debate. I shouldn't say WPATH. WPATH's supporters have been very much and uh, arguably the activists more than anything, have had this idea that there is no debate to be had about people that we believe are in extreme mental distress and would benefit from debate. Pushing on from that, there's also a huge cultural war that seems to have gone on where people aren't able to kind of just discuss pretty, pretty um, important issues, such as whether schools should socially transition children and things like that. And so we've decided that wherever WPATH are going to have their conference, we're going to have the conference as a way to make sure that people see that there's two sides to this uh, view on gender distress. And um, the uh, the medicalized approach is the WPATH approach. And so it was it would be almost like akin to psychiatrists are having a conference up the road and they're talking about antidepressants and they're talking about anti-anxiety medication. And they might even be talking about extreme things like ECT. Well, down the road, psychotherapists are talking and the sociologists are talking about the the non-medicalized approach. Mm -hmm. And it's like, we're not stopping. Off you go. If you want the medicalized medicalized approach, off you go. Go to WPATH. If you want, however, another view, if you want a more psychological, cultural, socio kind of aspect of this, well, then you will be interested in our conference. We would love people who went to WPATH or USPATH in, in Denver also came to our, our conference and so we're having it and it's called the bigger picture and we're very very excited we've got the most amazing lineup i think there's a huge kind of um unbusted dam as such of people who want to talk about it my cat just walked in keep going <laughs> an unbusted dam <laughs> well the cat agrees with me and you're right cat <laughs> So there is this kind of dam of people who want to speak about it. So we have people like Michael Schellenberger, like he's a mm. huge, huge voice. And I've been listening to podcasts with him. And what a brain. This yeah. guy is really has like a lot to offer. And his title is how the gender battles fit into the larger war for the preservation of free expression. And mm-hmm. that's a very good kind of opener as such for, for, for Genspect insofar as there's a larger issue. There's a, there's, there's, a, there's a huge issue around free speech and 
arguably just to talk about the psychology. I remember me and you, Sasha, we once went to uh, some psychological conference. It was online. I think it was probably during COVID. And me and you were kind of appalled because they couldn't, they could, they didn't get out of the psychology. So they were mm-hmm. talking about attachment, which is very important. They were talking about all sorts of things, which are very important. But they were missing. There's a huge sociocultural aspect to this. And what we're trying to do is present them all. And mm-hmm. um, one thing we will be doing at the conference, which is uh, putting, it, putting it up to me because it has to be done by then. But we've just um, organized for some of the, the, the great minds that are out there. And we really do. We're, we're blessed with some brilliant people in, in the gender world and we're creating the gender care framework. And so do you remember when Geta created the clinical guidelines and they were phenomenal? Mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. they are just if mm-hmm. any psychotherapist is working with gender, you need your, your Geta's cl- clinical guidelines. However, what we're producing with the gender care framework is a framework for society. And so uh, the first section is effectively the theories of gender and also why sex is a material reality. You know what I mean? So the contextual background to sex and gender. Mm -hmm. Then the second section is just the psychological background to sex and gender. Then the third section is schools and schools and uh, families, families and education. How can they navigate the fact that some people have transitioned? Some people are transitioning their four year old. Some people are transitioning and they're taking puberty blockers and schools have to be able. So we're trying to offer a kind of a solution focused way of navigating. There's a conflict of needs. Some Mm -hmm. girls will want same sex spaces. Some will want mixed. And so what should Mm -hmm. the schools and how should the schools navigate? Then the fourth Mm -hmm. section of the gender care framework is uh, about society inclusivity, which is really interesting. Of course, uh, the linguist Alistair Gunn came up with the concept yeah. of inclusivity. So society inclusivity, it's, it's going to be a phenomenal section where it's talking about how does society navigate the fact that some people have transitioned, some people have detransitioned, some people are on puberty blockers, and we need to be able to handle that with any conflicts of needs that other people have, such as vulnerable women in same-sex spaces and stuff. How do we do it? And when you look at the concept of the word inclusivity, it's very, very interesting. It's not inclusivity. Which okay, I was going to ask yeah. you. I want to make sure I heard you correctly. <laughs> I could feel you. Inclusivity. Okay. It's a okay. linguistic term that the genius Alistair um, <laughs> unearthed. And I, I think it's, it's phenomenal. And by the way, Alistair conceptualized the gender care framework and he writes the introduction and the conclusion. And so inclusivity is the entire basis on which we live in society. If you don't have a train ticket, you're excluded. <laughs> you know, you're either included or you're excluded in everything. If you're in the under mm. 10 race, only the under 10s can go into the under 10 race. You know, only the grade six children can go into grade six. That is how society operates on everything. All tickets, all events are inclusive. They're either inclusive or exclusive, depending on whether you have a ticket or not. So we're bringing back the concept of inclusivity or bringing in the concept of inclusivity and acknowledging inclusivity is is denying the fact that we're constantly excluding different groups at events like I say tickets the entire the entire um, uh, <laughs> fiscal economy is based on people buying into access to a to a service so yeah so that section is going to be phenomenal and then we're going to finish off with kind of law and legal policies and things like that. So, for example, the, the, the brilliant human rights lawyers that we have working on that, 
are, are effectively is in defense of the law. And the idea of that is defending like the, the society came to where we are now because of thousands of years of thought about how to create a civilized society. So we know how to defend our laws and why they exist. And that's what will be in the Section 5 of the Gender Care Framework. So it's a, a massively ambitious document. But in 1979, WPATH created the standards of care. And that's a medicalized view of gender. Mm -hmm. So they kept on creating more and more and more versions. And we are creating our first gender care framework. And with the presumption that when we go to Lisbon next year, when WPATH go to Lisbon next year, we'll create version two. It will always be, it'll be expanding and it'll be getting updated. The idea behind it is to create a framework that defends the concept of a non-medicalized, gender diverse person in society, as opposed to just thinking medicalization is the only way. It's a non-medicalized approach to gender diversity. So we'll be launching that in person, the it's actual huge. physical. Yeah, it's a huge concept. It's a wow. really big concept and it's obviously very ambitious, but it's time for the solutions to come in. We've been We've been, you know, criticizing for many years. The gender critical movement was very well named. It, it's very, very critical and it's, it's, it's very, very clever. But there's a, as you know, there's an expression in therapy where you can build evidence forever. We know the mm -hmm. evidence. We know mm -hmm. the literature is bad. We know that the research is, is very paltry. And so now we have to come up with solutions. And that's what the gender care framework is trying to do. It's bringing in, well, how about schools do this? How about we, this is how we could handle toilets. Mm -hmm. This is how we could handle various different aspects so we'll be launching that at the famous bigger picture in in denver and we'll be launching it among the the greatest minds i believe people like jamie uh reed will be speaking mm -hmm. and she'll be talking about changing minds how gender clinics are harming children and what the left must do to wake up and realize this because it's it's very key that they um i just want to make, make sure the title is is right here what the make what the gender clinic must do to wake up and stop start stop the harm because she's right. You know, Jamie Reid is very much from the left and she wants to discuss how the left are denying it. And there's a lot of people talking about the, the, the political climate. Lior Sapiri is just a phenomenal brain. And he'll be talking about institutional capture and how gender ideology has been embedded within America. So these are really kind of societal kind of issues that will be spoken about. Bernadette Broyles, um, always, always a, a pleasure to listen to her. And she's going to talk about insights from a legal warrior and whistleblower, how schools, courts and clinics are hurting kids and depriving parents of their rights. So some people will find this very uh, political and will be unnerved by it. So we're doing different sections. Mm -hmm. so one section will be very sociocultural. And then another section where I think you'll be much more. This is my world <laughs> will be the psychological section, which is people like Stephen Levine will be talking mm -hmm. about key elements of comprehensive psychiatric evaluation and psychotherapy. So there will be the 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 um, and I'd be delighted if you joined us on it, a kind of a panel talking about the psychological roots to gender dysphoria yeah. for people like myself and yourself and Lisa Marciano and um, Stephen Levine, Joe Berger are discussing, well, how do you what do you think are the mm -hmm. psychological mm -hmm. roots? Let's forget about mm -hmm. the socioculture. Let's just talk about the psychology, because it would be just as remiss to miss the psychology mm -hmm. as it would be to miss the, um, the culture. Yeah, it's trying to bring them so, all in. 
So for, for listeners who may be interested, this is a conference open to anyone who wants to join. You don't have to be like a political scholar, a legal scholar, oh God, no. a therapist. <laughs> you can be a, a parent, an interested person, somebody who's kind of curious about what's happening at their friend's school. Like it could be anybody joining. And to just kind of um, flush out some of these incredible people uh, Jamie Reed specifically is somebody we had on the show. Oh, yeah. She worked in a clinic in St. Louis for many years and became a whistleblower because she saw egregious practices happening there to very vulnerable young kids. And I think that the reason Jamie Reed is so important is that she serves as a precedent for other inevitable whistleblowers who went into gender affirming care because they thought they were doing the right thing, thought they were helping trans kids and came to recognize that something is really wrong with the model. And I think as somebody like Jamie Reed demonstrates, taking for granted, what is a trans kid? What does this mean actually? And I think that's really one of the, the key issues, which is why GenSpect is so important because at WPATH, you're right, it's a medicalized model, but they take for granted this concept of what it means to quote, be trans. And GenSpect is taking a much more curious lens about what gender dysphoria means, what does it mean to be trans or not trans. So Jamie Reed is a whistleblower. Vernadette Broyles is her attorney yeah. who runs Child Parent Rights Law Firm. Yeah. And she's really focused on the way um, all kinds of medical and school-related educational issues impede on parental rights to make decisions about their children's well-being. So she's a very powerful speaker. She's going to be on our show as well. Yeah. Um, but she was on with Jamie Reed when we spoke to them. And Lior Sapir is a, a legal scholar at the Manhattan Institute. I hope I characterized that correctly. But he's done an unbelievable deep dive into the, the policy, yeah. the science, the research, the journalism, the coverage, how this impacts schools, what's the relationship with Title IX. I mean, he's covered this in, in an incredibly uh, in-depth analytical way. So he's wonderful to see on the Yeah, on the and agenda. his title to remind people is Institutional Capture and talking about how the gender ideology has been embedded. And he's he's a genius about policies and how the policies... Mm -hmm. I loved his, um, his uh, podcast with us. Um, yeah. I, I, I think he, he really has so much to bring. We're going to have a lovely panel discussion which will be moderate, moderated by Pe Benjamin Boyce. And Jesse Single will be on it and Michael Schellenberger, Ben Appel, you know, Ben Appel. Mm -hmm. And he's got a book coming out uh, around gender and, you know, being gay and, you know, the, how trans has impacted it. And Lior Sapir will be on that panel, hopefully, too. And it's called The Left Wing Media's Love Affair with Trans, which is fascinating. It's yeah. fascinating. That like it's perfectly fine that we lost our way with with the kind of extraordinary strangeness of gender dysphoria. People didn't understand it. People weren't given great treatment. What isn't understandable is how the left just closed down, deleted parents' comments under articles, you know, resisted printing any articles that kind of said there's more to this narrative. The extraordinary response from the left wing media is something that many of us who are really deep in this world know about but anybody mm -hmm. coming to the conference who didn't know that will they'll find it fascinating when you hear the examples of the depth of the resistance to the left-wing media to any sort of criticism of trans because left-wing and trans it's it's, it's not a, a natural you know partnership but it's it's been huge 
I think uh, one talk I'm really looking forward to is Denise. You know Denise from Fourth Wave Now? Mm-hmm. If you're a parent and you haven't checked out Fourth Wave Now, check it out. Like, it's, it's a phenomenal resource. It's a phenomenal depth. It was and, the first big oh, blog here in the US. Wow. Transgender Trend yeah. and Fourth Wave came up about around the same time. And they were the only place publishing information about sudden onset gender dysphoria and how how much struggle the parents were experiencing just trying to get competent, sane help for their kids. People like Michael Bailey, Ken Zucker, uh, Blanchard, uh, Michael Biggs, all of these people were writing for Fourth Wave now way back in the day. I mean, it's a pioneering yeah. website. Phenomenal. And hopefully, maybe Stephanie Davis arrived from Transgender Trend will make it oh, over. And if great. she does, then um, herself and Denise will meet for the first time ever. And they will, <gasps> I know, wouldn't that be wow. beautiful? No, yes. we don't know if she will, but it will be just beautiful if she does. So Denise from Fourth Wave Now is going to be talking about challenge, challenges in parenting and politics in the gender-affirming American zeitgeist. And it's a very good title because I think politics have intruded into parenting. Mm-hmm. And that's been a surprise for an awful lot of parents that they've been disempowered by many people. And it, it, it wasn't expected. Nobody, nobody kind of saw that coming. So that's a big kind of one to, to watch out for. Myself and Joe will be giving different uh, talks. Joe Burgo, um, he'll be maybe talking about He's still just deciding on his titles. He's got some great titles. He was talking about one called Boys Who Don't Masturbate. I'd love that. But also he might talk about uh, Beyond Trans. You know, he's the clinical lead for Beyond Trans. And it's, it's a huge, um, uh, what, do you, what would you call it? It's a huge service. That, yeah, the yeah. gender, Genspec run that we have, you know, something like 90 therapists on our books. And uh, they, they offer counselling. And we fund the counselling for the people who have either detransitioned or have been harmed by medical transition. It's a very big deal. If you are a therapist and you're listening, please consider signing up to, to Beyond Trans because it's a really worth worthwhile and worthy part. And you will be reimbursed. We are, you know, paying for the therapist to give the therapy to the uh, to the detransitioners. The evening. Can, can oh, yeah, I say on. something about yeah. this? I, this is a side tangent, but a lot of times in the media, we hear things like, Therapists are literally not allowed to do gender exploratory therapy, et cetera, et cetera. And it's just, I mean, I know this is a bit different because you're talking about detransitioners specifically, but it's important for people to know there are therapists out there that take a nuanced approach to gender and you just have to look in the right places to find them. And so it's so wonderful that Beyond Trans is providing the service for people who need that help. And you have a lot of therapists that you work with who do take this nuanced approach. So I just wanted to uh, yeah, thank you. that. And if you do go on to the Beyond Trans, it's a directory. It's just a directory. It's not an association. It's just a directory of therapists. But everybody who has joined that directory has signed the declaration that is, uh, you know, the, the non-medicalized approach is their approach. So that it's kind of an anti-WPATH. And WPATH is the medicalized mm-hmm. approach and this is the non-medicalized mm-hmm. approach and that's what they subscribe to. So it's a fundamental approach towards gender distress. We hope you're enjoying this episode of our podcast. We work very hard to maintain high quality content for the show. To take an even deeper dive and support the show, join our listener community for access to exclusive content, practical tools and resources supporting gender and identity exploration. We're so grateful to our sponsor, Genspect, an international organization which offers an alternative to WPATH. 
providing a range of education, resources, and supports to anyone impacted by gender distress, GenSpect unites many different organizations globally and gives voice to thousands of previously untold stories. For more info, visit genspect.org. And thank you to our sponsor, GetA. GetA is an association of therapists who believe that individuals experiencing gender-related concerns ought to be treated using a whole-person approach. We connect like-minded clinicians, provide educational resources and training, and help people with gender dysphoria find the right help. Visit GetA at genderexploratory.com. And now back to the conversation. The Sunday of the so Sunday the fifth um, of November. It feels like ooh, <laughs> I, feel, <laughs> I feel scary talking about it. But Heather Haying will be beginning the day, and I just think I love her. I'm so thrilled mm-hmm. she's coming. She's talking about sex differences and an evolutionary story. And I love the idea that people from different walks of life will be will be talking. It won't be just the psychs talking to each other and telling right, each other they're great. Right. And it won't be just the legals talking to each other and telling each other they're great. Instead, the sociologists will be made to listen to the psychologists, which is good for yeah. everybody. Because I think we go into our bubbles. After Heather Haying, um, Colin Wright will be talking about the sex binary what it is and why it matters. So we're getting into And by real... the way, these are two biologists. Heather Hying yeah. and Colin Wright are both biologists. Heather Hying's an evolutionary biologist. And I believe Colin Wright actually studied insects or like, but he studied mating. Uh, when he was, <laughs> he's now a journalist and he's kind of fully devoted to gender. But it's really great to have the biological perspective here. So yeah. And then Sammy Stagg, who was recommended to me by Colin Wright, he's going to talk about brain sex and how nobody's born in the wrong body. That thing that you and I feel that it's it's always in the background of lots of people's thought that there's some sort of kind of thing in the brain that makes them trans. He's just going to explain brains and sex and female and male and just talk about it. He's brilliant on it. Mm-hmm. It's the one it's the, of all the talks. It's the one I know the least about. And I really will be sitting there listening to them. Because yeah. I, I want to hear this. Do you know what I mean? It'll be like, Shh, mm-hmm. everybody, I'm listening to this one. And then the lovely Carrie Mendoza from Fair For All, you know, Fair Medicine. She will be talking about, she has an amazing talk about the opioid epidemic. But she wants to kind of expand on that. And I wanted her just to talk about that because it's an amazing talk. She talks mm-hmm. about, she's a doctor. She works in the kind of front line in hospitals. And she... um. She 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 kind of suffered through the opioid epidemic where she was told it's the kindest thing to do is to give them opioids because they're in pain mm-hmm. and it would be it would be cruel not to give it to them. And so she lived through it in very mm. kind of as in, a physician. Yeah. 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 She really did. And she sees, as she calls it, lessons from the opioid epidemic. She sees parallels to it'll be cruel yeah. to deny them this. Yeah. But also she is very interested in the concept of the electronic um, identity records mm-hmm. and how there's huge mistakes and huge issues growing around, you know, the, the trans man who looks so male and they come into the ambulance and nobody knows they're female and they might be pregnant. They might be having a yeah. miscarriage. There might be lots yeah. of things. And so she's saying how electronic identity really matters. So she's called her mm-hmm. idea. How bad her talk is how bad ideas scale and unwind in U.S. healthcare lessons from the opioid epidemic. That's great. That's yeah. going to be a very interesting one. Yeah. And she's brilliant. She's just mm-hmm. she wears her 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 intelligence very lightly. And it's 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 going to be lovely. 
they will have a, the panel discussions in Killarney were a huge they were brilliant they were really really yeah, good so they were, were like, a hit yeah they were lovely so we're gonna um have a panel discussion on the Sunday morning moderated by Jesse Manisto who we had on Ooh. our yeah and that'll oh, be God. yeah that'll be Heather Hayne Carrie Mendoza myself Nina Paley you know the artist yes of course and Carol and Hedero Dorks yes and Nina and Paley Dork. co-host and Corinna will and be Carol Hooven yeah Carol Hooven yeah so she's gonna be on this and I love this title I forget how we came up with it I think it was me and Nina Paley and Alistair came up with it not your mom women <laughs> resisting gender ideology yeah. So that that's a kind of that's nice a good one. I forgot to say that me and you, Sasha, we will be on the Saturday night, we're going to have a gender a wider lens. It's gonna be in front of a live audience and it will be with Chloe Cole. So special yeah, guest. Very Amazing. special guest. You know, it's interesting because we tried to get Chloe on the podcast and there was some back and forth and correspondence and it never really materialized, but I couldn't imagine it being better than being live in person with her to talk yeah. during the conference. So that's going to be amazing. Uh, I've heard Chloe talk so many times that she does so much advocacy and, you know, political work and, you know, she's just so generous with her time and stuff. But I've always wanted to know the more reflective, psychological, slower don't tell us your story. Let's just slowly mm-hmm. think about what it was like to be little Chloe. So I, I think mm-hmm. that could be really, it could be really, really instructive for so many people to hear. Yeah, for you know, sure. Really for sure. truly. Um, yeah. there's, there's so many other talks. I'll tell a few more. Um, Jennifer Lal's one is very interesting. She she thought of the title and I thought, wow, that's, this is really interesting because I had had some other idea. And she said, I think this would be a better one. And she said, transgender assisted reproduction. Where is this going? And she again was ahead of the curve because she could see that there was a number of trans men having babies. And the issues around that, the complications around that, you know, you know, trans men taking testosterone while they're pregnant Mm -hmm. and all the all the elements of the assisted reproduction. I didn't see that coming. And then after she said the title, it's been in the news quite a bit. And I think it, yeah. these are the type of things that the gender care framework is going to have to kind of deal with. There's going to be trans men having babies. They're going to be trans men who are pregnant in schools. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they're going to present as male and they're, they're, the, the, their students will be five or six or seven. And society is going to have to navigate this. We're going to have to yeah. think about how does it impact? Who does it impact? Whose needs comes first? That's not what Jennifer is going to be talking about. Mm-hmm. Jennifer Lal is a brilliant. Could you describe her? She's been on our yeah, show. She, yeah, she's a filmmaker and she runs the Bioethics Culture Network, I believe it's called, or something about bioethics. And she is focused on issues around surrogacy. Yeah, and it's pretty remarkable. and assisted reproduction, and assisted reproduction, so yeah. IVF and surrogacy, and it's kind of incredible i didn't know much about these issues but specifically around surrogacy the kind of human rights and ethical issues involved with something like that and you know i keep seeing on twitter in regards to trans stuff you know male to female trans women talking about wanting to get abortions and having womb transplants and like these are really serious medical ethics questions that are down the pipeline as technology just increases in its pace. So I think Jennifer Lal's talk is probably going to be prescient and very interesting. Whoa. Yeah. That's so interesting. I saw that. 
there's 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 all sorts around reproduction and trans that we're going to have to grapple with, and that's yeah. like I say, um, the gender care framework is trying to say, right, now we're here, now we're going to have to grapple with these, and here yeah. are some ideas about out how we could, and generally, little John will be here, will be giving a, a talk, and she'll be talking about how the school transitioned my daughter and what it took for her to desist. January is a as a fascinating story about. You know, the school did transition her her, her child mm-hmm. and the kid ended up desisting and ja- January went public with it, which mm-hmm. is uh, brave of her. And I'd say it has certainly changed her, her life in many ways. But it's certainly there's a lot to learn. I'd love if teachers came to the conference. I'd love if they learned, yeah. like, hang on a second. Wh- where are you with, with, with January's story? Shannon Trace, do you remember her from of our course. podcast? Um, yeah. she's given a talk and it's called A Marriage Lost to Gender Identity anybody who, who might like our podcast and haven't listened to the one on Shannon Thrace I thought it was a great one I thought that was a great episode she talks about how she fell in love with a guy and he was very um, he was very progressive he was kind mm-hmm. of he wore his femininity very lightly he was a bit of a rock star when she first met him yeah. and then over time deep years into the marriage he became interested in trans issues and then ultimately identified as a trans woman and there was a personality change that she mm-hmm. went through and they ended up breaking up it was an extraordinary story and she tells yeah. it with compassion and understanding and a lot of she, she she is a very kind of she's got a great mind because she's very accepting really but mm-hmm. she realized this wasn't healthy yeah, she wrote a book about her story, which if you want to listen to our episode, there's information about that. But her story is quite amazing. And we, we often in the YouTube comments hear from women who call themselves trans widows, which means they had a husband who transitioned to to a woman, quote unquote. And this is a very painful aspect of the impact of a transition on the loved ones on the left the wife who is left trying to figure out what to do the children so the trans widow experience is very difficult because it's a second person account i know benjamin boyce talks about that a lot that he does tries to do first person accounts on his channel which i think about that a lot just from a journalistic ethics but i do think it's so important to hear from women who have been on the kind of you know, receiving end of somebody else's transition. So sh- her story is very interesting. And then there's a Q&A with her, I think. Yeah, there's a, we've sprinkled Q&As here, there and everywhere. And sometimes with a couple of people, because we tried to get all these amazing people approached us asking, could they talk? And like, not all of them, but a huge amount did. And we wanted to be very, um, we wanted them. They're amazing people. Mm-hmm. And so we packed in a lot of talks. As yes, anybody I listening to that. this. We really did. We've got Wesley Yang. Another God, there's a lot of overlap now. I'm a bit embarrassed. But uh, Wesley, Wesley's a great brain. Reminds me of Lior Sapir, but in a different way. And he talks about how a vast institutional failure visited on the bodies of the young gender ideology in America. So um, he he is tracking the kind of the the gender ideology and how it is go you know how it is penetrated the culture and we're trying to get all the signs we're trying to get everything we're trying to get you know the family the the trans widow the uh the cultural the evolutionary bi- biologists the c- sports coach linda blade is going to speak about when women's sports meet gender ideology corinna cohn who's a trans woman and transitioned many years ago 
she's also from Heterodox with Nina mm-hmm. Bailey. She's going to talk about political organising. And then Alex Byrne has written a book. It's a brilliant book and we really should uh, consider having him on. He's a philosopher and uh, he's, he's a great mind and he's written a book called Trouble with Gender. It's just out mm-hmm. and it's a serious book and I think his talk is going to be a really good philosophical kind of overview of what's going on. Um, Alex Byrne, by the way, is married to Carol Hooven, so they're a, they're a twosome. So by the way, K- Carol Hooven wrote the book Testosterone. She's a Harvard professor yeah. and biologist, and she wrote a book about testosterone. We interviewed her, and she has some fascinating insights. She's also been on the Transparency podcast with the two Aaron's. Yeah. Who, um, I'm so excited to meet at the conference. Like, I, I want to get through this um, itinerary. We only have a few minutes left, but I also just want to say how amazing it's going to be to meet so many people yeah. who have played a huge role in my intellectual life in the last few years. Like, yeah. people don't even know how important they are to me, you know? And then to get to meet them in person, it's very special. Like, these are and- people in my ears all the time. I'm listening to you constantly. I'm thinking about the things you say. I'm reflecting on your ideas. You're helping me develop my ideas. And then to get to meet you, it's just going to be so cool. <laughs> um, that, 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 when we were in Killarney, that was one of the most powerful aspects, was meeting people. And when you meet people in physical, it's different. It's phenomenally so different. different. Everything yeah. about it was different. That there's something, it gives you great heart. And if anybody's demoralized, I really do. If you're living in America, consider coming to Denver. If you're feeling lonely, if you're feeling isolated, make it your business if you can at all. So many people came because they were just interested observers and they Mm -hmm. came out with friends. And there's a lovely love relationship that came out, by the way, of a detransitioner who met in Killarney and another. I think that's beautiful. I know, and, that is uh, amazing. Yeah. So, so um, whether you're looking for love or intellectual <laughs> stimulation. No, just kidding. It'll be in Denver. Come to Denver. So just to finish off, the last yes, few yes, talks yes. are really powerful. Amazing. Erin Friday is going to talk about the ORGD kid and the parent's story of being a parent of an ORGD kid. So it's straight going for the, the, the main agenda as such. Then Prisha Mosley, who is a detransitioner, She's got a phenomenal talk lined up, which is called Validation versus Affirmation. She needed validation. She needed to be heard. Do you remember we spoke about, you know, mm-hmm. various ways of the, the, it's a communication. They want to be listened to. They want to be talk, taken seriously. And so dismissing a kid is at your peril. So she's talking about how, you know, the sliding doors of detransition, that maybe if she'd been validated rather than dismissed, she didn't need affirmation. She needed validation. So that's going to be very interesting. And then we're going to finish it with the lovely, the one and only Wilfred Riley and the detransition time bomb. And he's a, you know, quantitative man. So he's going to talk about the numbers and the numbers are are extraordinary. Oh, interesting. I was wondering because I don't, I I know of him, but I didn't know what he was doing with gender, but he's going to look at the statistically what is coming with all these kids transitioning. Yeah. Wow. That's And that I feels like that's an important thing to finish on. We will also, please God, we're we're certainly hoping to have a a premiere, a film premiere on the Sunday evening. So if people are thinking of coming, Try and stay over for the Sunday night because it could easily be the fun night. It could easily be the kickback. Watch the film. <laughs> so I'm the, in the Irish film, person. So yes, please watch it. I know. Were you interviewed for that? I imagine you were. I think you I was. So it was so frantic. So I'd crazy. imagine I came in and just 
said things quickly and ran. I don't know. Yeah, I'm sure I was. But um, it was, I think it'll be a very interesting film. Yeah. And that will be premiered or certainly it'll be shown as far as I know on the Sunday evening. And it'll be the kickback evening because it'll, you know. I can't wait for that. That's it's exciting. Nice. Have a beer and watch a film together yes. with all my yeah. friends from Genderland. So that yeah. would be wonderful. So if anybody's interested, and I hope people are after that whistle stop tour of the very many talks that we're going to be given, please go onto the Genspec site and you'll easily find um, access to the tickets. And um, I think I think it's going to be a really good event. I think it's going to be a it's heartwarming, be intellectually stimulating, a kind of a, a kind of inspiring event. Because I know Killarney yeah. was an inspiring event, and we're hoping for another. And I mean, I, I want to also just say, having been in Killarney, there was a lot of amazing crossover between the, you know, um, WPATH, EPATH conference and the Killarney conference. People from that conference came to listen to talks at your conference and vice versa. And a lot of these speakers that we just described, they will have very different perspectives on things. Yeah. You know, sometimes the sociocultural commentators have a very different perspective than the detransitioners, than the moms of ROGD kids, than transition people who feel dissatisfied with the medical. Sports so people. There's yeah. sports people. Linda Blade. Yeah. I don't know if we yeah. talked about yeah. that. She's going to come talk about gender and sports. So there's yeah. so many perspectives here and I'm I'm thrilled. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. It's going to be a good time. So see you all in Denver. All right. <laughs> Thanks for joining us this week on Gender, A Wider Lens. Listener support means a lot to us. If you enjoy the show, please like and subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more information, visit widerlenspod.com. There you'll learn about joining our listener community, how to contribute to our show, and where to find us on social media. Our discussions are for educational purposes and are not intended as a substitute for mental health services. 